Listen, I know you don't believe us, but we're going to wing it today. Really? I have my detailed notes in front of me. No one believes that. I'm just actually just, I'm literally just holding the Bible. Week three. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's very detailed notes. In fact, that's true. If you follow that plan, you'll find something. It's true. All right. Week three of the Missionary Pathway miniseries. Starring Brian Johnson. And Corey Osborne. Does that work? Okay. That's pretty good. How's right. it going, everyone? It's it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I feel like, you know, we've had a lot of fun podcasts with lots of people, but it's just fun to be here with you sometimes, you know? It is. I feel like we've had a lot of fun recording this as well. We have. I think we're going to have fun today. Yes. Cool. Plant the gospel. That's where we're at. Yeah. Phase three. What was phase one, Corey? Extraordinary prayer and fasting. And when you pray extraordinarily, fast extraordinarily... <laughs> You discover your mission, you discover that place that Jesus is already at work, you begin to join him. What's phase two, Corey? We kind of put a lot of things in phase two, and we just say live as missionaries. Yeah, incarnational living. Right where people are at. We want to engage the people in the place to whom we've been sent, to where we've been sent. That's right. So we look for people of peace, look for those that God's already at work. We ask really good questions. Talk about Jesus. We live out those blessed rhythms. We serve people. We listen. Listen is like, if I could just circle one thing in the blessed rhythms, it'd be beginning prayer, and then <laughs> L, listen. Just a posture of consistently listening. Curiosity. It's just the best. It's just the best missional strategy I know. Anyway, so that's number two. Phase two flows out of phase one, even though you never leave phase one, because if you live the blessed rhythms, you begin in prayer, which is phase one. The blessed rhythms end with the S of share the story, mm-hmm. which moves us into phase three. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when we're saying share the story, that comes out in lots of different ways, right? If that's little stories, kingdom stories, if that's full on, you know, kind of presentational, look, this is this is what Jesus did on the cross. This is what justification, repentance is. Um, but for most of us, when we're talking about planting the gospel, what we're saying is, all right, we're having these conversations with people with our people, the people that God has called us to. And now how do you begin to make disciples right there, right where they're at? And so the conversation most likely lends itself to, hey, we should do this together. You, I mean, We're talking about these spiritual things. What if we just kind of looked at what God said in the Bible, see what it has to do with life? That's That's my most simple invitation for discovery. Well, let's just see what the Bible has to say about it. Let's do it. Plant the gospel, baby. Phase three, plant the gospel. I told you we we're winging it. We're trying to figure out where we're going. No, it's 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 <laughs> that's <great>. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, on our missionary pathway training, we we this is the this is the week that it's basically it's the discovery Bible study week. Like actually, when we do our short training, right. in terms of the tool that we use, because as we look around the, the the world and we see movements of the gospel, what is consistent in pretty much every single viral move is some form of discovery Bible study, meaning that the discipleship methodology within these movements are not based on proclamational teaching, um, high education, right? It's, it is, it's not based off someone standing in, in training and teaching someone. One person has lots of information. The other person is receiving it like a baby bird receiving the meal from their mama bird, right? 
Is that the picture? Is that a cool? I think it's a, it's a great. I was writing stuff down. It <laughs> caught me off guard. I looked up. I was like, "Wait, what's he talking about?" I, th- I think I've said that on a podcast. I don't know. That's the that's the mental picture I have sometimes of our uh, discipleship methodology in America. And what we see globally is kind of the opposite. It's kind of this like question asking, Socratic, uh, you know, inductive way of you know allowing people to sit in the questions and saying, reading passages and saying, you know, what's Jesus saying and responding with immediate obedience. So that methodology of disciple making that uh, can go viral and also go deep Mm. is what we call discovery Bible study. The kind of discovery Bible study method is kind of the way that we, we learn and then train and kind of do everything through that lens. Can we take a step back? Like... How far back? Yeah. Yeah, if you get further back, they can't hear you as well, but Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> um further. I th- yeah. Out of the out <laughs> yeah. of the room. I think I just want to frame this up with um you know, we all grew up, not all of us. Like we we're in I, I guess I want to get into the why, I guess is what I'm saying, of like I come from a background that planting the gospel, well, we didn't use that language. We talked about, you know, proclaim the gospel, mm-hmm. speak the gospel, share the gospel. And what we meant by that is something very different than what we talk about in this network mm-hmm. or what disciple-making movements talk about. Um, so I just want to go back to that and talk about, like, hey, what is the gospel? I mean, we don't have to, uh, we could spend, there, there are tomes written about this, so we're not going to spend hours and hours or anything like that. But um, just to kind of, I guess, put a little language around, I'll just do my own personal yeah, side of that. Please go. And maybe that'll kind of help. So growing up, I think pretty early on, I learned the Romans road, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the verses that take you from all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart. It's like, if you follow these verses, then there's this clear thing, and someone can pray a prayer at the end, confess with their mouth, and believe in their heart. Mm. And then they're in. Done. Beautiful. And, and we made light of this, but you reminded us last week. It's like, that is good news. Yeah. Eternal life is good news. But it doesn't begin just after you die mm-hmm. in this present thing. Um, but, uh, other people I've heard reference like the four spiritual laws, is it evangelism explosion? There's like these canned presentations of some good news Mm -hmm. that we, we call good news and we say like, this is what you should be able to learn, memorize, hold on to, and give away to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. The, the, I'm proclaiming it, you're receiving it. Yeah. Particularly in the evangel, quote unquote evangelism side. Yeah, absolutely. And then that does go over into the discipleship side as well. Like, as, I mean, in the disciple-making side, where it's still the expectation is the person who has the information mm. is giving that information to someone else. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. so I, I actually, we, we say this a lot, not to cut you off because we'll go back to what oh, you're no, saying, no, is I think that often what we win people with is, you know, what, what we have to kind of continue on with, right? And so it's like, if we win people over by being the answer man or woman or child, um, then it's like that's the continued expectation. And that is a, that's a lot of pressure and, quite frankly, uh, I don't know, impossible 
And then when we look at Jesus and his ways, he would just continue to ask questions and, and draw people in. I want to go to that again in a second. Um, so, yeah, so we're saying on, on one hand, we want to be people who are um, talking about the kingdom of God a lot, like a lot, and inviting people into the mystery that is the kingdom of God and talking about these different, like it was what, what Seth Bouchel talks a lot about in the way that we, we have gospel conversations is that sharing the gospel in the, the presentation form that you're talking about gives a, it's like looking at the center of a puzzle, or I think he says mosaic, but I like to dumb it down. Like uh, I do puzzles with my kids and right in the middle of the puzzle of the, the, the grand story of the kingdom of God and the good news of Jesus is the cross and the resurrection. Hmm. Amen. When we talk about sharing the gospel, what had, it has become a lot in what we're talking about, what you were just mentioning is that we, the Romans Road in particular, and any of those forms, we're going, we're starting at the center of that puzzle, and we're we're proclaiming it, and we're saying believe it, and then boom, if you believe that, then all the rest can happen. But he's like, well, what if in every little conversation, every time you're talking about the kingdom of God, and every time you're inviting people in to ask questions about the mystery of God, that you're putting another piece of that puzzle somewhere, another thing about the kingdom of God that highlights this or this or this. And it, it tends to highlight those who are leaning in in a way that sometimes a presentational form that you start in the middle, the natural reaction to so many Americans is we recoil. You know what I'm talking about? Like someone comes to my door, knocks on the door and says, can I tell you about Jesus or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like there is a natural recoil and I love Jesus. Like I'm someone who like passionately wants to follow Jesus. And I'm like, boy, what are you, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? Like, but in conversations, we begin to put these different pieces. And then we just continue that on in our disciple making process. When we talk about planting the gospel, then the natural next step is gathering those people together. And now instead of just hearing it from my mouth or your mouth, as we talk about it, now we're reading the words of God, you know, using discovery Bible study, asking people to respond in immediate obedience and these begin to, and like really the puzzle begins to take much greater form. And yeah, you better get to the cross, right? You get yeah, to yeah. Jesus. So that's a lot of me talking, but I think that's still, that's, that's two going into three, <laughs> you know, like live as missionaries, plant the gospel. But yeah. It, you took it a, a like, yeah, a, a little further than I was ready to go yet. But, but You're welcome. Like what, so what is the gospel? I think is part of the, what I was asking as well. Yeah. So when w- growing up, it was like, I, I love the way you framed that. It was actually super helpful. I've heard Seth talk, but I, I guess I needed it dumbed down back Thank court. you. <laughs> yes, I have, I have that gift of dumbing things down. Uh, but it's like, it, it's putting it at the center, just going right to the center of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we frame good news, again, is often Rob uh, describes it as the sweet by and by a pie in the sky. Um, and a few years ago, you know, I started just reading and doing some study around like, what is it? Like, what, what is it that I'm proclaiming? Mm. Uh, and I, f- I found a helpful definition that I personally memorized that was meaningful to me. It's a little too long, but it's the gospel is um, that God himself came to rescue and renew all of creation through the work of Jesus on your behalf. Now, mm. it was meaningful at the time because of some of the things we were doing. I don't like just spout that definition around right. anymore, even though I still think it's super I've never helpful. heard you say that. I like it. Oh. Well, I didn't make it up, but <laughs> I still like it. Okay, um, less. But, but uh, even sitting here thinking while you were talking about that in this language of the kingdom, it brought me back to like, I wonder what Jesus's definition yeah. of the gospel was. Yeah. Mark one fifteen. Yes, 
Come on. You're going to go there? Now we're talking. Yeah, because I was, I mean, that's actually when I started spouting off all that stuff. Was, that's kind of what I wanted to circle back to and I got distracted. But yes, you want me to read it? Yeah, Mark, I mean, I can just no. say it out loud but, but if you, you want to like. But it's because so, you hear the pages turning and it's way more dramatic. Um, after John was put in prison and Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the gospel of God, he says this, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe this gospel or believe this good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Yeah, so the kingdom of God is near is the gospel for Jesus. Like this is good news. The kingdom has come. Yep. So what did that mean for them? Mm. You're not Are you asking answer? me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have answers. Yeah. I, was just like, I mean, it's so funny because my mind goes to the like – uh, the 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 great like um, I think it's important though to frame it in that bigger right kind of context. If, if you see us, both of our hands are up. Yeah, because I'm trying to describe. I it, love like, the way you describe uh, the you. things that we're doing <laughs> on a podcast he, in particular. He has circles; his really? hands are moving. Yes, like, yes, right. <laughs> like I, I always, I mean, I picture it in terms of like these epic storylines of a Lord of the Rings or you know Harry Potter or something where it's like darkness reigns, right? And then the kingdom of God is like the it's like it's like the domination of the darkness it's like the things that was like the mordor the blackness the the, the eve and and that's when the kingdom of light comes in and begins to push away mm-hmm. right like that's the mental picture i get i'm like that is good news like that's what i'm talking about when we talk when we talk about the good news discover more about this yes it's eternal but bro we're going to get into the house, but I want to spend a little bit more time here in the like what it is, because I think if it's framed right, the how to and the invitation to it is very different. Mm. So even like while you're describing that, I was thinking about a, a buddy of mine that was a Marine and a pilot, and he talks about like doing these red eye flights from the West Coast to the East Coast. And he says like it's just like that moment, he goes, nobody else experiences mm. this like the pilot does, where you can literally see the line of night being chased backwards huh, by the sun. Cool. Yeah. And he's like, like while you're saying that, I was like, yes, that's that picture again, the way he described like mm. the chasing away, the fullness coming. Um, is making me think through as well. Like when Jesus would have said the kingdom of God to this Jewish audience initially, like they're hearing there is a rule and reign mm-hmm. coming, right? They're going back to uh, Deuteronomy, I believe chapter six, this like, you know, we're declaring that all of us is submitted to mm. to the lordship of God. And then Jesus is reframing it like he is Lord, right? Mm. Like there is that he has come. So it's the, the presence right. of God has entered. And when, you know, they would have framed it in light of shalom, right? There is this the universal flourishing mm-hmm. of God and all things is coming. This is good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other place I'd encourage you to go listen to is... Uh, we interviewed Hugh Halter maybe, I don't know, two years ago, probably. A long time ago, yeah. First yeah, so a few months. Uh, the Tangible Kingdom, which was one of these like formational books for the missional movement. I don't know when it came out, maybe 2006, 2007, yeah, 08, somewhere in there. Um, Hugh begins the book talking about this conversation he has with Fiona. Mm. Fiona came from Ireland. She's a bartender in New York. He's sitting at a bar. I'm going to make this real short. He's sitting at a bar in New York like right after 9-11, and he was there for a church planning conference. He's sitting at this bar. Fiona starts talking to him. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, we're here to, like, coach church planters. And she's like, 
Why would you want more of that? That's her question. Mm. Which, you know, it's the recoil, right, that yeah. you were talking about. Like, yeah. why would you want more of that? And he said it was like this download in, in the moment from the spirit. He goes, well, have you ever heard of the kingdom? And he just starts talking about, like, I've, I've told this story on here multiple times, but just like that if one apartment across the street changed, what would that do? It's the seed mm-hmm. of the kingdom, and then that floor changes, and then the apartment changes, mm-hmm. and then that city block changes. And he said her mind was just blown as he talked about, like, the beauty of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, like, when I frame the gospel in light of that, and then I go, what does the kingdom of God look like? Then good news that we proclaim becomes what is the area of brokenness that you want to see the universal flourishing of God come in your life? And then we can speak very specifically about good news, not just mm. very generically and what will happen to you one day. Mm. I don't know. That was a, that was yeah. a long ramble, but I love it. And I think that's when we, when we wrap our mind, let's, let's, as we zoom in and talk about, okay, so what, when we plant the gospel, right? Like that language, number three, is like big picture. That's what we're talking about. You have to have the why and understand yeah. what it is before you can do it well. Yeah, I think if we just jump to tools or how to get people to pray a prayer or anything—I mean, anything—any program, a discovery Bible study, anything—if we just jump to that and we miss like the why behind it, the the good news, the bigger picture of it, then it can just become—I don't know—stale. I don't want to say fake, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like we don't want you just to go out and do this because you're supposed to do this. Like there's there is an overflow of the heart. There is an excitement or at least a um, a tangible surrendered. Oh, this is good news. This is what I'm about, even if it's not easy. Right. That we that we walk in. Um, and so like, that's, yes, frame everything we're talking about in that. That's good stuff. And I think we'll probably fruit to root. You'll talk about here in a second, right? Of just sure. gospel fluency Absolutely. type of stuff. Um, and so, but when we're talking about the missionary pathway and the the stops on the way or uh, the buckets that Brian's talking about, that we look from the top down, the bird's eye view buckets. What do we see in that? Well, we teach people how to do discovery Bible study. But I want to look at the word plant for a second. It's a very specific word. The reason why we don't put discovery Bible study in there as just the own, like, that's not the phase. The phase is not pray extraordinary, live as a missionary, do discovery Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, we say plant the gospel because there's very specific imagery in my mind that's very different than what our our usual way of in church. Our usual way of, and we've used this language a lot, so stick with us, is we, if you imagine a uh, <laughs> maybe a, a, a small... Uh, flower in a garden. Why do I always use gardening analogies when I don't garden? Jesus did. Cool, but he probably was a little more familiar with that agricultural reality. Maybe. maybe. Um, uh, anyway, he, if we take this plant, this little flower, we uproot it from its place, and we take it over here, and we put it in a, you know, a nice little. He's using his hands <laughs> to make a circle. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a not a, a pot. A pot. <laughs> that's a really. That's a. A confusing and hard word to find. Pot. <laughs> uh, so we, we uproot it. We put it over here in a pot. We put it on our front de- deck or whatever. Cool. Like we think of that. That I think is where we usually think of when it comes to disciple making. Is like if we do, if there is new life that pops up somewhere, the first thing we do is we, we take them out of their world. We take them to church so we can disciple them. And, and that's beautiful. And there's so many amazing stories. 
but like any potential effectiveness it would have with the entire other, mm-hmm. you know, this is where the analogy breaks down all the other flowers around. I don't know. But like yeah. if you take people out of their context fully, then you really stop any form of movement, any form of multiplications. But when we when we insert into an area and plant seeds, right, that begin to what, what defines the fourth soil kind of seed, Brian, in Scripture? Do you know what defines it? Yes. Yeah. Fertile. It's fertile, but like, what's the result? Maybe is the oh, 30, 60, 100 fold. Yeah, multiplication of yeah, yeah. Uh, is actually like something that is exponentially going forth, going oh. outward. And that's the idea of planting versus extracting. So we use that language very specifically. When we're disciple making within the movement pathway, is that we are planting within a network out there right. so that it can exponentially go forth. Yeah, and I think. You know, that's the paradigm shift that we want to encourage everyone to make. Again, it's like we're not afraid or uh, against buildings and spaces and places and pulling people into those. But what we are saying is if that's your primary sort of uh, methodology pathway, what you're going to lose is gospel saturation in a city. You're pulling people out into environments that are not natural. Uh, they feel safer, and it's again, it's not that it's wrong. It's just that you lose the power of being, well, to use the gospel fluency language, if we want to get into that, it's like you're losing the power to speak the truths of Jesus into the everyday stuff of life. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not living good news in that space because there's loneliness in that space, and when you when you pull someone out of it, you're creating more of a gap rather than going, Hey, be the good news in this space. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God, if it's if the universal flourishing is coming into this network of relationships, like what are, what are the broken spaces where you're bringing that flourishing? Mm-hmm. And if we're constantly pulling people out, we could say that we're training them in these other environments to go back. But oftentimes we know <laughs> your right. face. Your face was like, we s- but we know anyone <laughs> in church leadership knows how unbelievably difficult that is. Yeah, and you're going to get some fruit. Like, there will be people that take it and go, cool, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> yeah. But we'll have greater, I, I don't want to use the word success, but greater effectiveness if we train more and more of God's people to be present in their spaces to say, I will live good news. Yeah. Uh, when people look at me, they will they will see Jesus and think, what, what is this good news that you might be bringing to me? They will feel the kingdom coming in this space. Yeah. And then we have that opportunity to speak it into their lives as well. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I want to do for the last 10 minutes. Are you cool with this? I'm, I'm great. We're, I'm, this, the, according to my notes beforehand, this is what I have, is that I'd like to spend the next five minutes talking about some of the key elements of a discovery Bible study. Like w- w- when we start, what do we actually do? What do we focus on in, in, an, in an intentional way of disciple making? And then I want to spend the last five minutes of you kind of walking through some of what you're just mentioning with gospel fluency um, and how this all ties in and the two of the things that we really emphasize. But let's let's sit on the, the mission side right now, the disciple-making side of Discovery Bible Study. Um, and the beauty of Discovery Bible Study is really, I would say, three foundational principles. Before we get there, real quick, I, this won't take long. Can but you, like, I want to tell you about it in just a second after Brian says this. <laughs> Give like a, a grounded <clears throat> scenario okay. of, of, of like, how did you get here? It's like just to walk through the pathway to uh-huh. go like, why is it down here in phase three that we begin to ask these questions and how it flows out naturally? That's great. Phase one, we're praying a lot. God, where are you calling me to? 
let's say that God, we'll just use a neighborhood setting, even though that's, that's the easiest one to go to in, in my mind sometimes. But it is. And, and we would say probably only 30 to 40 percent of our micro churches yeah. are in neighborhoods. If, if that, right? And it's probably about 30 to okay. 40. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, okay. but we all live somewhere. It's, so this is natural. It's easy to yeah wrap our mind around a context like that. So um, I'm going to pray. Let's say God has really said, yeah, this is your this is the place of mission. This is the place where I've called you to live like this. So um, all right, I begin to prayer walk. I begin to bless people. I begin to listen to stories. I begin to uh, intentionally hang out with them and, and, and have meals and fire pits and whatever it is. We begin have these relationships. And around this fire pit or wherever, there's a space at your house around the table. And you start talking about, yeah, ask a couple intentional questions. And all of a sudden, like there's like... In, Somebody shares something and you're like... Hello. Yeah. There, oh. it, it just went from casual to meaningful and, and to spiritual. So you're talking about church. You're talking about God. You're talking about prayer. You're talking about... A Jesus, place of brokenness talking, in yeah, their life. Totally. Um, a and fear. Then, and so in that conversation, sometimes that's one-on-one or in a group of people, there is this ripe, soft soil to say, let's do this together more intentionally. And so in that context is where I would say the seeds of a microchurch start and you know and like the actual like gathering of a microchurch is formed right there because we're like the invitation is well, what if we all did that together mm-hmm. like what if we talked about that very thing we're talking about but we'll just read it we'll read from the bible and say what see what god has to say about it and see what it has to do with for our lives and so at that point we intentionally form a group in some capacity and and the, and the reality is you've probably been forming a family for quite right. a while <laughs> or depending depending on where the context is and so you're actually gathering people together, and now it's like, ooh, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And I always I tell people now we're in a, we're in a um, we're in a put things on a calendar mm-hmm. type of people. That's who we are. So it's like, okay, put something on the calendar. Like at that point, you become an event planner, mm-hmm. and you're getting people together wherever it's natural, and like you know, and then it's like you don't have to actually come up with a bunch of things to say. Here's what do a discovery Bible study. Infuse maybe some other things, eat food together, hang out, yeah. do whatever. But like when you have intentional time, we usually split it up in like three three ways. We think of the there's a time of connecting, and so that's kind of both the worship and the fellowship. Then there's a time of discovering from God's word, and then there's a time of uh, responding, mm-hmm. go. So the connecting time is usually simple questions, especially early on in the process. You would yeah. say these people are, are pre-believers of some kind. We have simple questions like, what are you thankful for? And what's the challenge that's you're facing? What's been hard? Those are really simple questions. It gets the ball rolling. People get, I mean, you can get pretty deep in those questions. Or Absolutely. you can be really surfacey. It depends, but it allows people to begin talking. Can um, I hit pause real quick? Please. Pay attention in those spaces, too. Like, when people are saying, this stuff I'm thankful for, like, affirm it, embrace it in that moment. But also, like, bring it up later, a few days later. Like, man, that's so cool that that yes. stuff's happening with your kids. And they're going, wow, you're you're paying attention to me. Yeah. Or if they share a challenge, it's like, how can you immediately respond to that challenge? If it's like, hey, I always use a surgery. I don't know why. Like somebody's having a surgery. It's like, okay. Like you can immediately Mm. begin serving them in deeper ways that break down walls where it's like, I can immediately meet that challenge. Yeah. I can bring you food. I can watch your kids. Like just let me know. So good. Yeah, that group tends to take care of each other. It actually provides opportunity to love and care for one another. Right. Um, also my wife always tells me that I need to, uh, lead with vulnerability too, you know, like, so I'm not just leading a group and it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's like I'm engaged in this. She's um, way smarter than she you. is. It's crazy. So it's like, that's not crazy. I keep thought it was going, crazy. 
You didn't think it was crazy? No. Like not. I think it makes sense. But go ahead. Intuitive. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so we're, that's step one. Um, some form, and, and as the group matures, you don't have to stick to those two questions always. You're, you know, like that. It can. It takes other forms. Um, and then we use a variety of scripture lists to get started. Um, we have got 10 stories of hope, 10 stories, it's 10 stories about Jesus, and you just see Jesus breaking in. You see good news of Jesus breaking in into people's lives. Um, this is all on dbsgroups.com. It's a resource that we point people to. Uh, we also have Journey of Jesus is a, a kind of a, a, a bunch of Jesus stories that that ends, that culminates with the cross and the resurrection, right? So there's a two scripture lists that we use, but you can use kind of, there's a lot of others. <laughs> Felt need scripture lists, others. And you you begin to read the scripture and then the simple discovery Bible study questions. We usually have someone read it and then you have, as a group, you recap it, right? What happened, right? Have someone recap that. And then the questions I always ask, you can ask others, but what stands out to you? What does this tell us about God and or Jesus? What does this tell us about us as people, right? Those, those three questions are almost always enough to get good conversation going. Not always, but often. And so you just see where God takes it. You participate, but you don't teach, right? And you invite others to. And then the last section of any time that we want to gather intentionally is that we want to respond with real obedience and then some form of how we're sharing this with other people. So the, the traditional questions are like your I will statement. What are you going to do about it? What what has God shown you that you're going to put into practice? And we often say Christians, are hard, they have a harder time doing this. People who are pressing into Jesus, who don't know Jesus or exploring him, tend to actually have an easier time. They they see the need, mm-hmm. and it's easier to respond with something practical in their lives. And so we really, really press people to like be intentional. And, yeah. um, and then some kind of question that's like, traditionally the question is, who are you going to share? This is great when you're within networks and pockets of people who don't know Jesus. It's it can be a hard question for to answer people who are isolated or for church people. So I'll I'll often change it to like how can you bless someone this week? Mm-hmm. You know, who needs to hear about some of the things that we're talking about? How can you bless them? Something like that. So that that's the flavor of a discovery Bible study. You can do it one on one. You can do it in a group like a share the hope with 30 people in the room. And we're uh and then you see teaching of one another happening Mm -hmm. you see the good news being you know you see people maybe saying something off base and somebody else being like "Uh, that's not what i see in scripture right and it kind of corrects itself and it's not the end-all be-all of all things but it is an incredible way to begin to uh, create not just hearers but obeyers of the word of god yeah and you normally like when i've heard you train around this that's the what of dbs so the next little piece why don't you do the why behind it because that's the piece of like that we're why is this so important to lean into plant the gospel this way yeah and so i was i was looking at i was originally i was going to go to the parable of the sower in matthew 13 and i love it because people are going to jesus like the disciples are coming up to jesus like hey why do you speak in parables and his answer is the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God <laughs> have been given to you, but not to them. And then he goes on and he quotes Isaiah. It's like they're ever hearing, but never perceiving. And I love Jesus's response to the, the question is, why do you speak in such a mysterious way? And his answer is such a mysterious answer. There's something about Jesus that he invites people to press into the mystery. He doesn't always answer your questions. He, he, he helps you seek the answers and I think Discovery Bible says the why why is it so effective is because we're we're creating people who don't just hear, but they press in, they they pursue, 
they're like it's you're, you're finding those who are like I want to know more and you give an opportunity for the second thing is we talk about obedience and, and then we've had podcast after podcast about obedience-based discipleship the why behind discovery Bible study why is it effective is because we immediately want to put feet to the message that people are hearing like if, if people just walk away from times in the Bible or at church with no expectation of personal response I just have a real hard time seeing that example in scripture that Jesus like the first thing he said was here and respond follow me they don't have to know a lot of stuff they just step in they begin to walk and follow Jesus hearing and obeying it's really fun we we had a um, we should have John Schwartz on this podcast I love John he helps lead our team in Manhattan Kansas with K-State students and I had him teach on the idea of obedience with our interns this past summer. And it's like basically looking at the concept in Hebrew is like hear and obey is essentially the same word, right? Like there is to hear is to obey. Mm. Um, and so we separate that big time in our Western way of thinking. But we just, it's an intentional way. Why Discovery Bible Study? It's an intentional way to get people not just to hear but to immediately respond. And that begins, it provides a stickiness yeah. of their discipleship more than information but goes into action yeah so again the purpose of this little series we're doing is to kind of hit some rhythms and some principles uh and some tools as well so dbs is a primary tool um in a way i always say it's a way of so it's a tool at some point because it's you go to dbsgroups.com it's a tool you can print off bookmarks you can use it there's the questions but I lean into the principles, mm-hmm. the what you're just saying. Yeah. It's 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 more it's it's a whole way of thinking. We're gonna ask questions. We're gonna lean into scripture. We're gonna respond in obedience. So that's a tool. But what do you want? Where are you gonna go next? I like this gospel. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say like that. That is a tool that is used in an environment called discovery groups, where we would say there's a difference in the tool and the environment. Yeah. Like we want to create environments that are purely discovery based. Yeah. They're purely, they're, they're open for anyone just to discover Jesus at whatever level they are. Um, when I say level, I mean like in relationship to understanding the Lordship of Jesus in their life. Um, the other, uh, I guess, primary tool that you would see in the pathway if you were to look at our graphic would be gospel fluency. And this is just as much a way of as well. Yeah. It's about integrating a language into your life. So if you haven't read the book Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderselt, man, I just... I, cannot recommend that book m- more highly like you gotta put in the word more at the end because yeah. i can't recommend that book i can't recommend that book more more <laughs> than what i am right now yeah yeah um so gospel fluency i used that language earlier it's about speaking the truths of jesus into the everyday stuff of life he opens up with this idea that we're all unbelievers which makes you like a little go, oh, I'm not, I'm, I believe, but you have areas in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, that are currently not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, like none of us have made it yet. And, and even if they kind of are submitted to the Lordship of Jesus in principle, it's like they could be more submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. And so gospel fluency gives us a language. I'm, I'm not going to go too deep into this because we're already at however long this is but that the idea is just that it has it has affected us so deeply that it's become the way that we speak the way that we live the way that we think like we dream in gospel we speak in gospel we live this this way this language and there are helpful tools in there like fruit to root where we can understand what's the area of unbelief i have this um this emotion or this 
uh, feeling or this belief that's surfacing and it doesn't look like the universal flourishing of God in my life, that, that fullness of Shalom. So the tool begins to help me uh, answer the question. So what is it that I believe about myself? What is it that I believe about what God has done? And then what is it I believe about who he is? And then it gives me language to go, all right, I'm going to move in repentance, which is not just, uh, I'm going to stop that or say, I'm sorry, but it's a changing of my heart and mind to more belief, more surrender to the Lordship so that I can go, who, who actually is God? Yeah. What has he actually done? And then it produces good fruit in my life, which is, again, if, if the universal flourishing is filling us and changing us, we move from areas of unbelief, areas of lack of surrender, areas of um, unhealthy fruit to this healthy fruit, to this more fully surrendered so that people look at our lives. And back to, I think, what we were mentioning last week as well, where it's like we live lives in such a way that we don't actually have to spend all day trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to get this conversation to a spiritual place where yeah. I can present the gospel? It's like, no, people are saying, hey, what's different? Like, wh- how is this, uh, like, h- how is your life different than mine? Because I want this good news that you have. Um, and so, I, I don't know, the gospel fluency language and, and this idea has so reframed the way that I think about um, how I speak it, how I live it in my own relational context. So yeah. those are the two tools uh, that we would kind of elevate to the top. Now, clearly there's others, mm-hmm. you know, the Seth Bouchelle podcast that talk about how to have those spiritual conversations when they come up, mm-hmm. how to, um, you know, be curious in the way that we pull out people's backgrounds and the way they've mm-hmm. understood Jesus so that we can maybe help them reframe that. Man, those those yeah. podcasts with him are great as well. And and those are actually under the live as missionary section, but it's all it's 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 the pathway, dude. You know, it's like it's why buckets, it's funny when we, we, we say buckets, it's not always like do this, now do this, now yeah. do this. It's Obviously, not linear. Yeah, it yeah. flows within that, but <clears throat> but you get the same DNA, you know, um of of discovery based curiosity. But like the gospel fluency piece is so huge because it's like are we Oh, we're beginning to understand and hear consistently the, and speak the good news to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, I sh- oh, wish I had not left that out. That is the most nope. that is the most important switch for me. Yeah. That the book helped me understand, or that Jeff's language helped me understand, is like the gospel is first for me, not for everyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a selfish or arrogant way, but I definitely grew up with yeah. a mindset of like, okay, I got this thing, I need to get it to you, and it's like, no, the gospel speak it to yourself daily. Yeah. And if you want to be proficient in speaking it into other people's lives, mm. be proficient in speaking it into your own first. That's so good. Yeah. So when we're talking about all of this missionary pathway stuff, we don't divorce it from our continued abiding in Jesus. And that's where I think gospel fluency is so important that we can just we can just create a bunch of actions. Go do this. Go make disciples. Um, but we really try to uh, put in a lot of even in our rhythms, language, everything. It's, it's, it's about it's more than that. Right. We're, we have the rhythms of hearing and speaking the gospel to ourselves. So um, I hope that was helpful. There is a lot of like if you're just wanting to know more about Discovery Bible study, I, I would say if there's one thing that people search for a lot on our website or I just get asked about all the time, it's Discovery Bible study because we tend to want to insert a program to replace the other programs that haven't been effective. Right. And I will tell you, <clears throat> Discovery Bible study will not um, answer that. Amen. But. When you begin to walk in the way of disciple making, you see the fruit of it. I remember the first time I, the first time I really saw the fruit of a discovery Bible study was in jail. 
uh, as an outsider coming in and just not teaching and allowing people to discover the word and then the immediacy that they were able to take that to someone else. I was just like, I remember talking to my friend Roy Moran. I'm like, this this crap works, you know, like, oh, because we found spiritually interested people and we saw people lean in, you know, so that's where it's not a program to implement. That'll take care of your other small group curriculum. Right. It is. It is a way. It is better than that little tract, though, that opens up into a cross. That's for sure. (laughs) We can agree on that. All right. Plant the gospel next week. Church emerges. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement, that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city. We'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.